of these three, which do you think is the most important? Strength, skills, or conditioning mm-hmm. in our sport? Mm-hmm. What would you say? Conditioning. Conditioning. Okay. So conditioning, meaning metcons, mm-hmm. right? Well, metcons stands for metabolic conditioning. Metabolic is your ability to use food as energy. Hmm. That's what our sport is. Our sport is how good are you at taking the food you have and turning it into movement? That's the test. What confidence is has nothing to do with winning or the leaderboard. What confidence is, is knowing that you giving your best effort is enough. Okay, Ben, welcome back. How are you? I'm good. Today we're going to talk about um, something we've talked about a little bit before, but uh, looking at it differently. Um, we've had an episode before, I forget which number, but um, on simplifying nutrition, how you think about nutrition, how you talk to maybe more um, members at CFNE about how they should think about nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the responses we got or, or, or um, some of the responses we got were asking how you might tailor that for an athlete or if uh, your athletes do the same thing that you prescribed in that particular yep. episode. Um, and so maybe give us a little bit of a, just like a really short synopsis of what that, what your general nutritional approach looks like. Um, and then we can dive into if that changes at all for a Katrin or a Cole or sure. anybody else who's trying to get to regionals in the game. Yeah, love it. I like talking about nutrition. Um, okay, so the the baseline thing that we're building off of is the prescription that we give to anybody. If I didn't know anything about you and you sent me an email and I didn't know anything about you, you said, give me some advice on nutrition. What I'd start with is eat real food. That means perimeter shopping market, you know, not the aisles, not processed, not packaged. Um, call it paleo if you want to, but then you get into some like, yep. what about corn? Is that? And yep. what about green beans? Is that? And it's like, whatever, just like, Eat real food. That's where we start. The next place we go to is don't eat too much of it, mm-hmm. which you could talk about. Again, you can geek out and you can go macros. You could do all these things. It's just like, but not too much of it to us means um, no snacking throughout the day, three meals a day, and um, a fourth one if it's a snack or post workout, and no going back for seconds. Mm-hmm. If you didn't do that and you know how to structure your plate, um, which was the next thing, which is mostly plants. Mm-hmm. So eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. The majority of your plate, including breakfast, should be plants. And those plants should consist of vegetables with some fruit. Uh, then we're going to talk about sourcing in terms of things like high quality meats. So things like wild caught, grass fed, um, things like uh, vegetables being locally and organic or whatever. You can dive down a lot of rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. But the idea behind that is eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. And that's where we start with our regular person if you i didn't know anything about you yep. didn't know your goals your where your health is right now any complications you might be having or anything else that's where i'd start okay so we can assume that if a person considers themselves an athlete they can at least they're at least there right you eh, one would hope you'd be surprised you, okay I'll so very, we won't assume surprised. that yeah okay so let's um but let's take it to the next level mm-hmm. um for that athlete who's like okay got that i'm doing that what else do i need to do given that I'm an athlete or that regardless of the sport, but we can definitely, if it's different for CrossFit athletes versus a football player, but it is different. So let's start, let's talk about it for CrossFit athletes. If we want to dive rabbit holes of different sports, we could go there. Um, 
Because it is different for different sports. Different sports require and reward different body types. Okay. Um, different energy systems and all the rest. Okay. So let's talk about for a CrossFit athlete because I think that's, it's at least it's where I'm most knowledgeable, right. <laughs> if not where majority most of our people are listening. listening. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So we still start with the same premise, that whole deal. And that's where I would go again if I knew nothing about you, your ability, your age, your goals, or anything else. Real food, not too much, mostly plants. From there, um, what we'd want to do is start to know something about you, who you are and what your goals are. Um, and we would still continue to start with the whole food approach. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think a lot of people are like, uh, yeah, food matters, but it's like, I might be able to out train it. And if I train a lot, maybe it doesn't matter as much. What I think people fail to re realize is, or maybe they don't fail to realize it's just, um, maybe that we can bring greater awareness to is, if I ask somebody, and particularly people that probably listen to our podcast, they've heard me talk about it. Of these three, which do you think is the most important? Strength, skills, or conditioning mm -hmm. in our sport? Mm -hmm. What would you say? Conditioning. Conditioning. Okay. So conditioning, meaning metcons, mm -hmm. right? Well, metcons stands for metabolic conditioning. Metabolic is your ability to use food as energy. <laughs> That's what our sport is. Yeah. Our sport is how good are you at taking the food you have and turning it into movement? That's the test. Right. Now, if people talk about the big, broad brushstroke, they're kind of like, huh? But if we talk about micro levels, people are like, yeah, I get it. Like, So you need certain levels of ferritin and hemoglobin and oxygen transportation and ability to buffer lactic threshold, lactic acid. And people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do that by food. Mm. That's the deal. So what we need to do is start with a whole food approach. Okay. Because real foods give you better benefit for all of those things. Yep. So regardless of where you are, I'm still going to start you with that whole food approach. And then we can start to kind of windle it down from there. Okay. So what is the, how do you, where, what does it look like when you start to tweak? The next place I would go is um, where people probably expect me to go, which is quantity. Okay. But I'm going to give it with I'm going to give a black and white um, differentiation about the way you should be approaching this. If I don't know anything about you, I'm going to start you off at 33% carbs, 33% protein, 33% fat. Really close to zone type thing, maybe a little bit lower carb. If I know more about you, I can dial that in more. And what I want to know is what's your body fat. Okay. Our sport requires a certain level of leanness. You have to be certain lean. If you are carrying around too much body fat in our sport, you're not going to be competitive. To give that black and white, and yes, this will differentiate a little bit based off of your age or if you're a master's athlete or something <clears> like <throat> that. But let's talk about for our normal competitors, individuals. Uh, if you wanna be a high level competitor, for a male, you should be 11% or lower. For a female, you should be 16% or lower. If you're not, the goal is not to fuel your energy, fuel your workouts. It's not. What you need to do is lose body fat. Mm -hmm. And the way we're going to do that is by lowering your carbohydrate intake. And what we're going to do is keep you at that 33% until you get down to that level. And once you get down below, if you are a male competitor that's at 8% body fat or 7% body fat, we'll play and we'll tweak with, tweak with that. But the goal there then does not become how lean can you get because getting leaner doesn't necessarily improve your performance. Mm -hmm. The thing we're looking for is, 
Where are you going to thrive and have the best performance? And for some people, that might be at 6%. Some people might be at 9 So that's what you mean by tweaking. It's like, let's see if we're there. Or yeah, we and what, the way we tweak it is really the <clears throat> carbohydrate intake. And for females, if you're below 15%, you know, percent, if you're at you know where Katrin is, which is 11%, um, getting her down to 9% is not going to make her better. Mm-hmm. But you could obviously see like if Katrin was at 33% body fat, like it doesn't matter what she's doing for supplements. It doesn't matter what she's doing for pre-workout. It doesn't matter what her macros, she's just got to lose body fat. Mm-hmm. So that's what we want to do is get her down to that fighting weight, right? And the way we'll do that is by keeping you with that whole food prescription with um, not too much, mostly plants, 33, 33, 33. If um, you get down below that percentage, what we want to do then is then we're going to play the performance game. We're going to try to do everything we can through nutrition to maximize your performance. We operate mostly in a glycolytic state. So most of our sport is really high power, but it's not just this like weightlifting, which is over in seconds. We yep. have to be burning stored sugars in our livers in our liver and our muscles, which is glycogen. We need to make sure we're kind of playing the game of keeping that topped off. Side note here, if we can talk about ketosis, maybe in a later one, but I'm yeah. going to put that aside. Okay. Okay. So we're going to try to keep our um, our energy systems high by keeping plenty of fuel in the tank. We're playing a sugar game, a carbohydrate mm-hmm. game. <clears throat> so what we need to do for those athletes is add in good carbohydrate sources to make sure they have it. And that's when we're like bananas, rice, sweet potatoes, oatmeal. We'll look for those sources and our athletes will have those sources at every meal to make sure that they're continually get enough energy. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. A couple little questions before we keep going. Um, one, where did you come up with or where, how did you guys settle on or you settle on those percentages of body fats? Is that just a, that's what your experience has told you? Is there something more to it than that? Um, and then the follow-up to that is maybe a simple question that many people know the answer to, but how how does one find body fat? How, what's the easiest way <laughs> yeah. to like- Okay, good question. How do, I, how do I know if I'm at 12 or 15 or 22? Um, those numbers are from my experience. Okay. Um, just in doing- I've taken thousands of body fat readings um, and just seeing where we tend to thrive. Now, what I'll say is 11% could be 12%, could be 10%, you know, yep. who knows, right? <clears throat> and for females, that 16% could be 14 and a half, could be 15, could be 16. It doesn't, we're not, it doesn't matter. What we're saying is the idea is I'm trying to put a concrete number to once you're lean enough, right. then we'll start to play the other game. So yep. it's basically... Put in layman's terms, get lean. Once you're lean, focus on performance. Mm. But what most people are doing is we have these athletes, these guy athletes that are 16% body fat, super concerned about what their is in their post-workout shake. If if you're there, meaning maybe we'll talk about body fat percentage in a second, uh, in, in that sense. Let's say you're um, a female that's five foot four and 210 pounds. Mm-hmm new to working out and you're all concerned about your post-workout shake right that's not the deal right that's not the thing we need to be focused on we need to focus on is let's cut it down and get lean then once you are once you're that female and you're five foot three and you're 137 percent ripped with abs then we'll start to yeah let's dial in that stuff okay um follow up to the second question is how do you get your body fat done there's a number of different ways to do it 
Um, the most accurate is a DEXA scan, which is essentially an MRI, which okay. will, um, you have to go to like a hospital or I think they have some traveling ones, um, but um, expensive and um, time consuming yeah. and all the rest and limited availability. Um, there are things online where you like can take a waist measurement and a wrist measurement or they take different pers- uh, areas of your body and they can guesstimate really poor. Mm-hmm. So those are the two ends of the spectrum. Yep. You have the really accurate DEXA scan. You have the really poor, but uh, easy to accomplish. But really, it's easy to accomplish. <laughs> yeah. The next ones kind of swing up from um, from the most accurate. I think the next one is if you have a skilled person doing it, it's either between a skin fold um, calipers, a submersion test in water, or a um, a bio impedance like a um, body. Um, we have one at the gym. I'm like one of the, the yeah, sculpt bodyscape body sculpt. Uh, so, we have one. I'm I'm blanking on it. Um, it's basically it'll come to me. Machine, you stand, you stand on, it, on it. You grab a thing. It, it sends an electric signal through your yeah. body. To, to, um, an in body. In body. In yep. body. Um, we have one. Um, those are all fairly similar. Um, they all have their faults. They all have their um, pros. Um, you know, a three site skin fold is usually just about as accurate as seven fight seven site skin fold. Mm-hmm. Um, but people like the seven because you're getting more spots. Yep. It really falls on the skills of the person taking it. Regardless of which one you do, um, you're gonna have probably some differences. Um, people like the submersion test, but what we found is that CrossFitters come back. Um, it gives a, a lean a reading of more lean than they actually are because we're really good at expelling air out of our body for <laughs> compared to the normal person, yeah. you know, so we can expel more than that. The test is expecting you to. Gotcha. Um, and there's all pros and cons all over the place. Um, so you can do a whole bunch of them and the probably the swinging up from there is you can get, um, you know, literally scales for your bathroom, which mm-hmm. are cheap versions of the in body, yep. or you can do like these cheap handhelds. Um, there's other measurement things you can do, but you can get done a number of different ways. Yep. I think the best is, um, go to somebody that you feel knows what they're doing, knows what they're doing yeah. and ask them. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Next step or next. Okay. Um, so after we talk about whole foods, real foods, we talk about essentially quantity and it's yep. really a carbohydrate yep. play and we can geek out about, you know, fats as well and all the rest. Um, the next kind of thing on the list would be uh, supplementation. Okay. And um, supplements, will never overcome what the uh, whole food, what the, the real diet can do, but they're, a, they're part of the play. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons that we're bigger, stronger, faster now than we were even just a generation ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of different categories, I would say that the most important category is carbohydrates, a supplementation. And that's a really good um, energy source carbohydrate. There's a lot of different um, companies out there that do... Um, this type of things. One of the ones that we sell at the gym is um, you can, mm-hmm. and it's a phenomenal slow release, slow burning, not spike your insulin levels. Uh, you can continue to burn glycogen, which is the primary fuel source for longer. It's basically preserving and extending. So the first one I would go to is a carbohydrate source. The second place I would go to um, even above protein would probably be creatine. Um, creatine, it's one of the most researched supplements there is. There are no known side effects. Yes, there are individuals that have adverse reactions, 
bloating, cramping, dehydration, just like there are individuals that have adverse reactions to eggs or yeah. wheat or dairy or cheese or yep. grass. I mean, there's, <clears throat> so, but across the board, there are no known side effects. Um, and for creatine, it's five grams a day of monohydrate. Don't go matrices or complexes or blends because you don't know what the hell's in it or how much you're taking. It's literally pure creatine monohydrate, five grams a day. You don't need to time it before or after your workout and you don't need to do a loading phase. Like they've told you you need to take 25 grams for five days and you don't need to cycle off of it. It's just like doing protein. Like you don't need to do any of those things with protein, yep. which leads us to the next one, which is protein. Two major types of it, there's casein and there's whey. Casein is a slow release, drip, 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 but more gets absorbed. Whey is really fast. Here's the fire hose, but a lot can get spilled out the sides. Yep. So post-workout, whey is much more beneficial because you get the blast, but someone's gonna be missed. When you look for a whey protein, look for one that is either a isolate or hydrosylate. If it's a concentrate, some people could argue the benefits of it. The way that I've learned and I've researched and the way I understand it is um, if it is a concentrate, it's just a much cheaper, lower form um, where I don't say the majority of it, but bigger percentages of what you're getting could actually be lactose, which is sugar, um, um, fat, or um, ash. Mm -hmm. It's just like it's not, and they don't really have to report on any of that. It can all be a, a, accounted for as whey. Whereas if it's a... Um, isolate or hydrosylate, it has to be, I think it, the number is at least 90% actually has to be, or maybe it's 85%, actually has to be legit way. Mm -hmm. um, and the final one, so we have uh, um, carbohydrates, creatine, protein. Um, the next one after that would be caffeine. Mm -hmm. Caffeine is a performance enhancer, particularly when taken at the right time before a workout and taking the right dosage and the right restrictions outside of workouts. The things that seem to work is somewhere in that 120 to 220 milligrams, um, which is really nice because that's essentially a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. And most people are getting most cups of coffee fall in that high 180 to 200 range. The downside is if you're doing multiple cups of coffee multiple times throughout the day and or you're taking ones that have way too many. Yep. So like a Starbucks blonde roast has 475 milligrams of caffeine. If you're doing that before you work out, you're you're gonna get the negative effects of caffeine, not the positive. Okay. And the positive effects are really cool. It's everything you would ever want in a pre-workout supplement. Like really, it delays fatigue, it lowers perceived exertion, it increases focus. It's like this, it's this wonder drug, yep. but you can't <clears throat> abuse it. Yeah. Because if you abuse it, you don't get the benefits. Okay. So you're saying if you have three cups of coffee in the morning, when you have it, a shot before your workout, it's probably it. not useful. Yeah. Or if you're the type of person that has having caffeine, I mean, if you have caffeine every two hours yep. throughout the workday, when it comes time pre-workout, you're not, not there. you're getting to baseline. Yeah. You're not, you're not getting <laughs> yeah. any benefits. Okay. So what I would do, and a lot of our athletes have done this, if you are an athlete that's like that, is go off of caffeine completely reset your baseline, your sensitivity to it, yep. and then come back on and or save it for game day. Mm -hmm. And now you got this little performance boost. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that caffeine, like too much of it will is it will pop on a drug test. It's because mm -hmm. it's 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 an enhancer. <laughs> right. 
Um, okay, so those are four supplements. Are people in your in your um, experience are people looking for more than just those four? Yes. Are there more than four that? that well, there's tons, right? There's everything uh, from fish oil to beta alanine yeah. to glu- uh, leucine and glutamine. I've looked into a lot of them, um, branched chain amino acids, like. Those are the four that I feel really confident are moving the needle. Mm-hmm. There are other ones we played with a lot of them, yeah. um, but I can't really definitively say like yes, that one, that like yeah. zinc and magnesium for a bed. Like I can't say yes, mm-hmm. you know. Like um, those ones I can say yes to, and that's why I kind of keep it at those. Um, do other people find real benefits with other ones? You know. Yeah, there, you, you may, you may not, but I can't, I'm not going to say those other ones because yeah. I haven't seen it across the board. Yeah. Um, is that, is the supplementation tends to be, does it tend to be the sort of the end of the road in terms of tweaking or is there even more, you know, can you even get even like geekier? Yeah. So you, so I just mentioned zinc and magnesium. Yeah. Um, you can get geekier, yeah. but here's my take on that is if you want to, go down the road of supplementing micronutrients like that. Um, and even like regular health people for not about athletes, but people hear, if people talk to their doctors and they say, you know, what are you eating? And they'll, if they, once they hear paleo, they're like, oh my gosh, especially women, you need to be supplementing with calcium. Mm-hmm. You're not getting any dairy. You're not getting calcium. Well, how do you know you need to supplement with calcium? Maybe your calcium levels are fine. Mm-hmm. My take on this is, don't supplement with anything additionally like that until you've had a blood test and you know what's underneath the hood. Mm-hmm. Why would you, if you look up in the hood of the car, I know nothing about cars. <laughs> really crude. You do know there's a hood and you yes. look under it. Yes. And this can be a really crude example. But if you look under it and the oil is filled up to the top, yep. but someone's like, oh, you need more oil. Without looking at Without the looking car at, at it. <laughs> and you put oil in, what happens? It makes a mess. Yeah. Something that was really good, you're making a mess of it. Mm. Most of our athletes, when they start working with nutritionists, right away, because it's a really sexy thing, they say you need more zinc and magnesium, Mm -hmm. having known nothing about them because it's what's hot in the community right now. And then we show them the blood test and most of them are spot on exactly where they should be in terms of zinc and magnesium. Some of them are edging towards the dangerously high levels, Mm -hmm. but almost every nutritionist that they go to is telling them to have more of it Mm -hmm. that's seems ridiculous that'd be like you calling me up on the phone and be like what should i do to improve my squat and me never seeing you squat (laughs) and be like you know what you need to do you need to arch your back more Mm -hmm. well you might be arching your back perfectly or even too much Mm -hmm. and i'm telling you to arch your back more it's like yeah it seems ridiculous yeah so the way we do that is we have our athletes take blood tests because if we can find a deficiency, that's great. You know, and when we do, it's not, oh my gosh, like what, like that's got to be wrong. Mm-hmm. I've got it. I'm perfect. I'm a high performer. It's the opposite. It's like, yeah, you are a high performer. You've won the CrossFit games. You're deficient in this area. This is an area we can get better at still. So that's when we'll supplement. But it's the only reason we would is if we knew concretely, yes, you're deficient in that area. Do all your do all your top athletes work one on one with a nutritionist? And if so, what what is the value of that? And maybe is it something you'd recommend more people at least consider if it's something that they can do? Um, 
Um, Matt does not. The other three athletes do. Okay. Um, shocker there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do I think it's valuable for them? Uh, yes. I think whenever you can get your hands on an expert, it's hugely valuable. Yeah. Um, and then do I recommend it's something that everybody does? No, because I think there's a lot of nutritionists out there that aren't experts. Mm -hmm. So I think if you go to find somebody, I think the number one thing is um, what works for you. And, you know, a lot of people go to like somebody that does macros and is a macro expert, mm -hmm. but macros might not work for you. So if it doesn't work for you and you're going to a macro person, it seems like uh, you're kind of like fit, trying to fit someone into something that's not going to go. You're, yeah. So I would... um I can't say definitively that yes, working with a nutritionist is the right answer. Mm -hmm. um, I can't also can't say it's not because if you can find the right person that is an expert that fits the way you work and click, then yeah, I think that's be, it'd be an amazing thing. Yeah, it's like having a world class trainer telling you how to work out, mm -hmm. or a world class wealth manager telling you how what to do with your money. Right. But there's a lot of bad wealth managers out yeah, there for sure. Um, last question is. At what level, and we can stick to CrossFitters, but at what degree of maybe it's volume or intensity, like when does, when, when would a person start to really benefit from when we, from the, everything that we talked about after the sort of eat whole foods, not too much, mostly plants. Like when, do, when does it start to become valuable to sort of start to geek out on supplementation and all the other stuff? Is it, is it useful? Is it valuable to the the person who just goes to work out four times a week? Or like, is there a point where it's like, okay, you're clearly taking this seriously enough? Yeah, I would say once they're um, one of two things. Once they are um, dialed in on a whole food diet, once they are eating, like we just said, like once you're eating vegetables at every meal and you're sourcing it correctly and you're eating the relatively right amounts of food at every meal once you got that dialed in and you're no longer on like the you know the sugar yep. diet that everyone else is on and or you're already lean mm -hmm. so once you're there that's kind of where we need you to be but i would kind of even the lean person i want them to improve their quality because it's the number one thing metabolic conditioning mm -hmm. um we got to be able to get the food to be readily more available for your body. So I would start them off with, um, I, I wouldn't dive down the next rabbit holes of beyond whole foods until they get to that certain leanness. And once they are, you know, you know, if you, if you can't take your body fat, if you don't know how to do that and you're listening, you're like, well, I wish I, it's basically like, if you have really good abs, mm -hmm. you're good. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's <laughs> the leanness type yep. thing. Uh, if you're not quite there yet, then that's where we need to get. There's no, there's no, there's no, like every male and female athlete at the games has abs. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have abs, it's not like it's because it looks good. It's because think of all the times you're moving your body up and down or across, like running. Well, if you have to carry an extra three, four, five, 10, 15 pounds of body fat, you're doing it with a weight vest. Mm -hmm. That's literally like if you are, um, you know, if you're an athlete that is really muscular and you're a 200 pound male athlete, um, you know, 
rich phoning, mm-hmm. right? You take rich phoning, like 200 <clears throat> pounds, five, eight, ripped up, you know, probably 5% body fat, you know, put 30 pounds of fat on him. Same muscles underneath. He's no longer competitive. Yeah. It's just like you, you can't compete in our sport like that. That's why it's different sports to sport. I would want to put that on an offensive lineman yeah. because mass moves mass. Right. And if he was just Olympic weightlifting with no weight classes, then I would want to put more mass on him. But it's not. We're talking about CrossFit. Right. And a big part of our sport is being a, a good body type. Awesome. Leave it at that. Great. Thanks, Pat. Yeah.